Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. And you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our uh, Florida State Senate President. We'll also visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. It is November the 28th, and on this day in 1520, after sailing through the dangerous straits below South America that now bear his name, Portuguese navigator Ferdinand Magellan entered the Pacific Ocean with three ships, becoming the first European explorer to reach the Pacific from the Atlantic. On September the 20th, 1519, Magellan set sail from Spain in an effort to find a western sea route to the rich Spice Islands of Indonesia. In command of five ships and 270 men, Magellan sailed to West Africa and then to Brazil, where he searched the South American coast for a strait that would take him to the Pacific. At the end of March 1520, the expedition set up a winter quarters at Saint Port St. Julian, on Easter Day at midnight, the Spanish captains mutinied against the Portuguese captain, but uh, Magellan crushed the revolt, executing one of the captains and leaving another ashore when his ship was set left St. Julian in August. <clears throat> On October the 21st, he finally discovered the strait that he'd been seeking, the Strait of Magellan, as became known, is located near the tip of South Africa, separating Tierra de Fuego and the continental mainland. Only three ships entered the passage. One had been wrecked and another deserted. It took 38 days to navigate the Treasure Strait, and when Ocean was sighted at the other end, Magellan wept with joy. His fleet accomplished westward crossing of the ocean in 99 days, crossing water so strangely calm that the ocean was named Pacific, after the Latin word pacificus, meaning tranquil. By the end, the men were out of food and chewed the leather parts on their gear to keep themselves alive. On March the 6th, 1521, the expedition landed at the island of Guam. Ten days later, they dropped anchor in the Philippine island of Cebu, and they were only about 400 miles from the Spice Islands. Magellan met with a chief of Cebu who was, after converting to Christianity, persuaded the Europeans to assist him in conquering a rival tribe on the neighboring island of Mactan. In fighting on uh, April 27th, Magellan was hit by a poisoned arrow and left to die by his retreating comrades. After Magellan's death, the survivors and two ships sailed on to the Moluccas and loaded the hulls with spice. One ship attempted unsuccessfully to return across the Pacific. The other ship in Victoria, uh, the Victoria, uh, continued west until the command of Basque navigator Juan Sebastian El Canto, de El Canto. The vessel sailed across the ocean, Indian Ocean, around the Cape of Good Hope, and arrived at the Spanish port uh, uh, yeah, on September the 6th, 1522, becoming the first ship to circumnavigate the globe. That was in 1520, if you can imagine that. <clears throat> Quite an uh, accomplishment. Well, just like all of us coming back from the holiday weekend, stocks were pretty sluggish yesterday. U.S. stock markets closed higher, slightly lower, I should say. Also, during the extended holiday weekend, domestic airline travel traffic 
experienced a notable surge in activity, providing cause for gratitude. On Monday, the Transportation Security Administration reported that a record-breaking number of over 2.9 million ticket holders underwent security screening at the nation's airports on Sunday. The figure represented the busiest day of air travel in U.S. history, a noteworthy accomplishment even amid a cross-country storm that delivered up to eight inches of snow in the Midwest and rain to the Northeast. I would have thought that perhaps uh, uh, previous experience with travel would uh, inhibit some of that, but uh, no, this was a record day on uh, the Thanksgiving weekend, I should say. Well, uh, Israel and Hamas have agreed to extend their temporary ceasefire an additional two days, with Hamas agreeing to release at least 20 more hostages in exchange for the release of 60 Palestinians held in Israeli prisons. The extension comes after the two sides yesterday swapped a fourth group of Hamas-held hostages and Israel-held prisoners, uh, completing an original four-day deal brokered by Qatar, Egypt, and the U.S., As of Monday, Hamas has released 69 hostages of more than 240 people who have been abducted on October the 7th, while Israelis have released 150 prisoners. Under the original plan, Hamas agreed to release 50 hostages and Israel agreed to release 150 prisoners, three for every hostage released. A majority of the people freed on both sides are said to be women and children. Humanitarian aid continues to enter the Gaza Strip. Separately, Elon Musk visited Israel yesterday after receiving backlash from supporting an anti-Semitic post on X, uh, formerly Twitter, which has prompted uh, major brands to suspend advertisements on the platform. Israel announced Musk's satellite internet provider Starlink will only operate in Israel and Gaza with uh, Israel's approval. So in other words, it's going to operate in Israel and in Gaza with Israel's approval. Uh, Elon Musk, by the way, volunteered to help uh, rebuild uh, Gaza uh, after the war, or to help do that. Well, over the last year, polls have shown voters holding a decidedly grim economic outlook. Most Americans uh, rate current economic activity and conditions as poor. Many think we're in a recession and aren't optimistic that things will improve. They view Republicans as better able to address economic issues and, in crucial battleground states, have more trust in Trump than Biden to do a better job on the economy by a whopping 22 points. An October poll from PRRI found that, in a rare moment of bipartisan agreement, increasing costs of housing and everyday expenses topped the list of most important issues for voters. Other polls have found similar results. So things that are not looking good for the Dems going into the 2024 election. Well, this is kind of surprising and interesting news. <clears throat> Saudi Arabia and Russia don't set the price of oil on the global markets. The U.S. is producing over 13 million barrels a day, or 1 million more barrels a day than just one year ago. Saudi Arabia produces about 10 million barrels a day, and Russia about 9 million barrels a day. Speculators and investors increasingly ignore the price noise from Saudi Arabia and Russia and the two largest producers of oil after the uh, United States. Saudi Arabia and Russia have lost the war to determine global oil prices. On Wednesday, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Company Countries, or OPEC, announced it was delaying its next meeting from uh, this week to next. Oil traders realized that the two countries are now price takers, not price setters. 
On the announcement that the meeting would be delayed, the price of U.S. West Texas Intermediate fell by almost 5% to $74 a barrel. The global price of oil in 2024 will be determined by a new supply coming upstream in Western Hemisphere and by the economic fortunes of China. But China is stuck in the middle income trap, and its economic uh, Communist Party chairman, Xi, uh, values internal security and state-owned enterprises more than economic dynamism. Uh, China's growth rate and its demand for oil are slowing dramatically. New oil supply from U.S., Canada, Guyana, and Brazil will keep global oil prices subdued throughout 2024. Because of technological advances, U.S. oil production is consistently surprising to the upside. Canada is also, Canada is also expected to increase production by 500,000 barrels a day. Production from Guyana is rising dramatically. Just a few years ago, Guyana produced no oil. No oil. By 2027, production in Guyana will reach 700,000 barrels a day. Brazil, too, is ramping up production. Its daily output is up to uh, 2.7 million barrels a day, and that production level will increase in 2024. Production for both Guyana and Brazil will increase by 400,000 barrels a day in 2024. Conservatively, non-OPEC production in 2024 will increase by over 1.4 million barrels a day, while global oil demand is projected to increase by just 1 million barrels a day. So in other words, supply is over... uh, reaching demand, and so it's going to keep the prices moderate or lower. Most importantly, as prices of oil rises, U.S. production will increase. It's all a matter of price, and as the price increases, demand will fall. The markets, not Saudi Arabia and Russia, set the oil price, ignore the noise, and focus on the supply and demand data. So, so interesting right now how the uh, landscape is changing with regard to the price of oil. And uh, by, by the way, uh, Russia and Saudi Arabia need uh, oil prices to go up because they've got big expenses of their own. And by the way, the, the upcoming United Nations Climate Conference in the United Arab Emirates, known as COP, COP28, appears likely to have a larger carbon footprint than any previous UN climate summit. More than 70,000 people are expected to show up to COP28, about 25,000 more people than last year's summit. The conference, which runs from uh, November the 30th through December the 12th, will focus on global strategies to reduce emissions and accelerate the shift from fossil fuels to favor of green energy. Conference attendees have drawn scrutiny in previous years for traveling to and from the event in private jets while lecturing the importance of reducing emissions. Notably, a luxury concierge service has been offered to arrange private jet charters ahead of this year's conference. One of the key issues to be discussed is the shape of a so-called loss and damages fund, a de facto international climate reparations program. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate Change John Kerry recently suggested the U.S. will pay millions into the fund, a number that many activists and representatives of poorer countries say, hey, that's inadequate. China is unlikely to have any significant obligations to the fund because it's classified as a developing country, despite its status as the world's top emitter and second largest economy. When John Kerry and uh, Joe Biden promising billions in U.S. taxpayer money and beefing up the treasuries of non-governmental organizations with tens of billions of dollars in 2024, get out the vote activist money, this year's climate gong uh, show is uh, bound to attract record numbers of camp followers, to celebrities, kleptocrats, 
and other misfits. Dan Kish, senior fellow for the Institute for Energy Research, said, It's as though they were ringing a dinner bell, which always attracts people looking for a free lunch. No question about that. And by the way, President Biden has attended the past two uh, United Nations Global Climate Summits and has called the climate change the ultimate threat. But he's going to miss the talks this year as they set to begin uh, Thursday in Dubai. Unbelievable. And finally, in this segment, this is interesting news. This is from Dr. McCola. Uh, I don't know if you get his column, but it's quite interesting. He says, and this is in the summary, Pfizer financed consumer medical and civil rights organizations that lobbied for COVID jab mandates, thereby created a false appearance of broad support. So in other words, uh, Pfizer and Moderna are financing and making it to look like uh, the support is broad for these uh, jabs. Moderna uh, controls the vaccine debate and influences vaccine policy by working with third-party, non-governmental organizations called the Public Good Projects, which monitors and censors online discussions about COVID shots on Moderna's behalf. Moderna has has also retained an online monitoring company called TalkWalker that uses artificial intelligence to monitor and flag vaccine-related conversations across 150 million websites across the globe. Oftentimes, the information is flagged or censored as misinformation is factually inaccurate. It's flagged, censored, simply because it's potential to create vaccine hesitancy or contradicts the safe and effective narrative. As vaccines resistance grows, Moderna is ratcheting up its surveillance operation with a focus on coercive or forced vaccine policies. Can you believe that? I certainly believe it. And I think it's so interesting to see the, the nature of uh, not supply and demand, but rather creating supply by coercion uh, through Moderna and Pfizer. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, the Senate President of the Florida Senate. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Thank you. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse. Changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. Some great performances coming up, and you can get tickets and find out more by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us our Florida State Senate President, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning. Good morning. So I understand you're in Tallahassee this week. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh... Since we have an early session uh, this year, starts the second week in January, there's so many things that uh, need to be done getting ready for it. Uh, bills are starting to be filed, and you know, I have to sit with staff and go over them to determine what committees to send them to. And you know, that takes a lot of time. Um, you, and, and I try to read every bill because you know, just want to make sure that there's no bad stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Wow. Well, sounds tedious to me, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's a dirty job, but somebody has to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. See, I had uh, Kevin Freeman, the author of Pirate Money, on my show. And I I got a surprise from him, and he said, you know, this book that he's written is about creating a, a, a state currency to avoid the digital currency that's being proposed right now in a lot of jurisdictions, especially the United States. And uh, he said that Florida is one of the big supporters of a having its own currency. Uh, have you are you aware of this? Or are you familiar with the concept? I am aware of it. I'm familiar with it. There are uh, some <coughs> some people that are interested in it. Um, personally, I'm not at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of old school. Uh, so you know that'll have to be saved for a later day. I know the governor has looked at it, but um, it's not on his to-do list, uh, as far as I can tell. Mm. Although they change it daily, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so plan. No, that's what I understand. Well, the, the threat, of course, is that if they create this, it could end up like the Chinese uh, social system that they, you know, they limit your ability to spend money on airline tickets and so forth because they have so much control. That exactly. would be very. That would be really inhibit our freedom here in the United States. So, uh, but it yeah, was I, it was interesting it, it, that. Uh, Kevin Freeman said that, you know what, uh, he's met with a lot of uh, senators and uh, legislators from Florida and got tremendous support for this concept. And I've heard this by other other, uh, outlets as well. Well, uh, he hasn't met with me. uh, And uh, honestly, uh, meeting with me or the speaker is probably 
the only, I mean, you can meet with a lot of people, but unless we want to put it, put it on our agenda to, to be, uh, considered, it's not mm. going to get considered. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm not as, I'm not embedded in it or immersed in it enough to be able to uh, say one one way or another. But at this point, you know, and we're getting we're getting late in the um, committee. I mean, in the yeah, in the committee process. Yeah. So I don't I don't see that happening here. In well, thank you so much for that feedback. So, uh, what is top? What's going on right now that's uh, got your interest? Well, uh, you know, again, looking at bills that that have been filed. Unfortunately, uh, for for whatever reason, some of our members have been slow to file, so the bills are coming in like like water. They're cascading, and so um, for for me, it's it's just a question of of reading them and, and, and referring them to committees. And, you know, typically we send each bill to three committees. Well, if we start session in January. It's going to be hard to get some of those bills across the finish line. So we're going to have to. And maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Maybe it is. I guess uh, three committees that that is, that's a high hurdle to get uh, through three committees to yes. get it to get it on the floor. So, is that designed right. designed by purpose? Uh, yeah. Well, here's here's what you know. No matter what the press says, we do want our bills to be vetted, and the committee process is how we do that. Mm -hmm. uh, the committees are a smaller group. Um, the the bill sponsor presents the bill. The committee asks questions of it. The public have an opportunity to weigh in on it. And, you know, that's the way our process works. And bills generally change in the committee process because somebody has an idea or somebody points out a, a flaw in it or, you know, it, it, this is how it, how it goes. So that by the time you've gone through three committees, almost every senator, at least, in, you know, in the Senate has looked at um, the bills. Yeah. And so when it goes to the floor... It doesn't have to be as um, contentious or whatever because they've looked at it. Well, so, a lot of times it becomes contentious because they want to, but, uh, you know. Yeah, so they, if there could be three iterations of the same bill, you know, right. perhaps with minor changes, who actually consolidates the thought process and presents the final bill? Um, the bill sponsor and then uh, the last uh, committee of reference is usually – if it's if it's got a fiscal impact, it goes through appropriations or fiscal policy. Um, if it doesn't, it goes through the rule committee, and that's where the, the bills are, are finalized and less changes are made. Although there is an opportunity to amend bills on the floor, mm. and uh, uh, that's a, a, a little bit harder because every committee, I mean every every uh, senator is going to be on the floor, and sometimes you know amending becomes challenging. Um, but it's been done <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's so interesting. The process is so interesting to me, and I really appreciate you sharing these details with us because, uh, yeah, it's somewhat of a black box up there <laughs> for for many of our listeners and for me. As to exactly. well, it, it was for me when I uh, first uh, was elected. I had no idea how it worked. Um, that was in 2010. I've learned since, and um, you know, over the years, you know, you pick up uh, sort of best practices over over time and that's what that's what i've been doing well kathleen i just genuinely uh, appreciate you taking time with us here on the show thank you so much for joining us thank you and have a great day you as well thank you so much all right coming up we're going to be visiting with seton modley the founder and president of less government that and more right here on the bob harden show on the uh, bob harden broadcasting network stay tuned 
tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have this Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. I want to point out to our listeners that you're in Belize. You've moved to Belize for a simpler... Just, I actually uh, just for less, for less government reasons. For less government reasons, and uh, I just really appreciate. I just I have some fantasies about what it must be like, like living in in uh, Belize. Well, I, I, it's it's the winter now, so of course the weather's spectacular, and uh, you know, just as a general rule, it's moving from the U.S. to moving to Belize is like leaving a fifty thousand dollar anti poker game and moving to a fifty dollar anti poker. Everything is just cheaper and less obtrusive and less in the way. Um, and you can actually, you can breathe, you can make moves. You, can, you know, if you want to do some business moves, some real estate moves, you can do it. And it's not a giant pain in your rear end with the government. And it's just, it's, it's a less government. It, it's a testament to what less government can do. And I don't think the average American realizes that, you know, my, my joke is fish don't re- realize they're wet. Yeah. They're swimming in it, right? That's right. And the U.S. has a $6 trillion a year federal government. It's got 50 obnoxious state governments. It's got 2,000, over 2,000 obnoxious county governments. It's got more than 5,000 obnoxious city and town governments. 
and they've all got their, they're all in your way and they've all got their hands in your pocket and you just you don't realize how bad it is until you go and listen to so I, I you know the joke is you visit somewhere else and you want to rush back to the US if you live so, if you live somewhere else and it's genuinely better you never want to go back to the US again yeah cuz it's just it's just you see how it can be and it's such a waste that it's not like that anymore in in the US well you you reference uh your experience in Belize in your latest column which by the way has got some great information death spiral government in government's inflation interest rate hike whipsaw maybe you could tell us about it yeah well the US owes speaking of debt 34 trillion dollars and, and, and rising um, r- right now. And so what, the, so what they did was they inflated the money in part because they wanted to, go, they, they want to destroy the country and in part because they wanted to spend the money. But they, inflate, they dumped a bunch of money to inflate the money. That was the, it wasn't a bug. It was a feature. They wanted to inflate the money. You've seen this in countries around the world. Zimbabwe did this. You inflate the money, so it cheapens the value of the debt you owe. Right. Um, and so they did that. However, those pesky Americans don't like paying a dollar for an egg and four dollars for a gallon of gas. So there's two ways to solve inflation. One is less government. You reduce spending. You reduce taxes. You reduce regulations. You let the economy grow and dilute the bad money with good money, and that takes care of the inflation. But that's not an option to people who want to control everything. The, the, the option for people who want to control everything is to beat the economy over the head with rate increases, with interest rate increases, which slows the economy right. and thereby dries up the inflation. Now, obviously, you lose tens of millions of jobs that way for, for those pesky Americans. Uh, my way adds millions of jobs, but um, so so that destroys that that destroys part more of the economy, and now you've got higher interest rates. Oh look, now you've got to renegotiate your thirty-four trillion dollars in debt. Yeah, and it's seven almost seventeen trillion of the national debt is due for renegotiation in the next three years, which means we'll go from paying one to three percent on it to 5 to 8% on it, which means our debt goes rocketing skyward. Right. So what are the people in D.C. going to do? They're going to inflate the currency to cheapen the value of the debt. Oh, but then inflation happens again. So they're going to raise interest rates again. And that's the death spiral the U.S. now is in. Sad. You know what? Uh, I would vote for your first alternative, which is less government, reducing the size of government, reducing all the programs, and, um, you know, let's make our economy more vital. If we were able to get up to 6% growth, we could help wipe, we could wipe out that uh, $34 trillion or a good part of well, it. Well, we wouldn't wipe it out. I, I don't think it's recoverable. I think it's too big. Yeah. It's too, we're, 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 next year, we're going to be spending a trillion dollars a year just on interest. Yeah. Not even touching the principal. It, it's too... No country in human history has gotten past 100% debt to GDP. The U.S. is at 130. Right. So I, I just, you know, it's, 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 you reach a point where it's like you can't possibly grow your way. I mean, think about that. How often has the U.S. been at 6% growth? And we have to be in that in a sustained fashion for decades. Right. 
to clean up the, the debt. That's not going to happen. I, you know, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not Mr. Happy Fun Time anymore um, you know, on radio and television because I, I'm, I, I'm, I almost feel like a re- reverse Paul Revere. The, the U.S. is going. The U.S. is going. Um, and I'm, you know, plan accordingly because this is not going to end well, and it's going to end. Well, yeah, and of course, all the signals and all the uh, information data indicates you're right. But nevertheless, I still believe you eat an elephant a bite at a time. And let's just take one, at least one bite. Let's get. We uh, can't even get the government to pass a budget since 1996. It's true. You're right. We're still, we're still <laughs> by continuing resolution. We're still spending Obama's 2009 stimulus. Yeah. Plus, you know, every time they renew the CR, it's plus 3% here and plus 5% here. We've been spending Obama's one-time stimulus every year for almost 20 years now. Yeah. It is. Everything you're saying is absolutely correct. But nevertheless, I mean, the growth. And this is why, by the way, look, you're, 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 you're much more human than I am. Human nature is such that people don't want to acknowledge something bad is happening until it's so bad that you can't fix it. Yeah, and you know, uh, there's a great line from the movie The Big Short. Steve Carell's character, who's an amalgam of a couple of characters in real life, The Big Short's about the shorting the housing market to to, to uh, in 2007, 2008 when the when the bank screwed us on that and the government. And he said he's walking through Manhattan. He's like, the, 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 all these people are getting screwed, and they're walking around like they're in an Enya video. Yeah. Um, they just—they're not—they don't want to acknowledge it's bad until it's so bad that he can't. I mean, that's how Adolf Hitler gets to be Adolf Hitler. I—I I don't want to make an economic to a, you know, social assassin comparison, but he got to be so bad because most people pretended he wasn't that bad. Yeah. Until it was too late. You know, and to your point, I have a friend uh, who was used to be on the uh, Barons Roundtable. Uh, he just uh, left that a few years ago, a couple years ago. But nevertheless, a real smart guy. He doesn't necessarily have rose-colored glasses on, for sure. But he had, uh, just visited New York. He said, Bob, do you know what the uh, cost of real estate is, the value of real estate? He said, commercial real estate has no value in New York City. No value. No value. Yeah. Can you believe yeah. that? Well, I can because, um, I mean, one of their unintended side effects of, the, of their locked, locking down the economy to disrupt the economy was, hey, we don't, a lot of people realize I'm commuting an hour and a half each day, each way, for yeah. no reason. Right. I can do all this at home. And so now you've got, I mean, that's another problem. The big banks are in a lot of trouble, not just because of the, per, you know, the individual average guy debt with mortgages and credit cards and all that um but the commercial loans they've made on commercial properties yeah these people can't rent them they can't sell them and that's going to come due soon too i mean in the third quarter we obviously haven't finished the fourth quarter yet but i think they set like a 20-year record for the most uh loan write-offs the the, the, it's like 8.6 billion dollars in just the third quarter. I, I'm, I'm, this is from a month ago. But, I mean, they set a record for like 30 years for the most loan write-offs, where the loans were so bad, they just said, we're just 
Yeah, you we're, know, we're, we're taking a tax deduction. We got a lot um, more. We got a lot more bad news coming. Uh, Seton again. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, I encourage you to visit the very robust website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Barney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. And a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. You've heard us talk about Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, serving great breakfasts and lunch. Well, now, serving dinner Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m. Just a terrific menu. Food is great and great value, too. We walked out. Two of us had uh, dinner, and the bill was 35 bucks. It was unbelievable, and just fantastic food. So I encourage you to visit Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife. She's also, I think, uh, well, so well-informed about what's happening, not only here locally in the Paradise Coast, but across the country and the world. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. We have to go back to Lulubee's this week. Let's do it. Okay. What do you like best there? Well, the wedge salad. Yeah. With extra bacon. Extra. <laughs> the best. Yeah. So, hey, we've got this debate coming up this week with... What uh, a joke. Yeah, for DeSantis and Newsom 
are going to debate on the Hannity show. You could, you should see all the comments on social media. Everybody I watch on social media is going, I'm not even going to bother. What a stupid idea. Well, I, I suspect that uh, probably when they set this up, they both thought that they would be the front runners f- to become the presidential candidate uh, two or three months ago. And that's probably why they decided to do this. But nothing could be further from the truth. Well, they're both they they've both imploded in so many ways, and and you may be right, but I I I don't think it's that. I think it's I think it's Hannity's what was Hannity's quote unquote brilliant idea to draw ratings to his show because it's failing miserably. Oh, that's an interesting point of view. So, um, and and guess what? Sean Hannity never does anything to promote anything on his show. He doesn't do ads or whatever. He's out there promoting this debate. Yeah, it's just so. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, well, what's interesting to me is that right now Biden apparently is the front runner in the Democrat party and he's leading other potential presidential candidates by a large margin. Who ex- would vote for him? Except one. Except one, and that's Michelle Obama. Apparently, uh the polls say that she could actually beat uh Biden in a uh, uh Democrat primary. Can I just ask you who in their right mind would vote for either of them. I'm telling you, anybody with a, with half a brain knows that it, everything was better under Trump than under Biden. Yep. And anyone who denies that is totally clueless or in, in denial. Well, or or on welfare or on food stamps or just somehow on the dole. Well, well even that, even, even those people are suffering, they by are. the way, because they're getting booted out of their places by illegal immigrants. Yeah. I mean, everybody in America is getting screwed by the Biden administration. And, and anybody who says that they're better off is delusional. I'm sorry. It's the truth. Well, I, you, know, you know I agree with you. However, Biden continues to tell us that uh, uh, this uh, Bidenflation is working. <laughs> well, but you know what? Here, here's the thing. I was listening to uh, Molly Hemingway from The Federalist and somebody else comment on that. They really think that the American people are stupid. They think that if they feed this propaganda crap on, on television, the people will go, oh, yeah. I never thought I of that. <laughs> it's, it's all propaganda. Yeah. So, so they think that because, oh, by the way, it has worked for so long that the Democrat Party and the deep state has just fed the American people, oh, you're much better off. Don't you see that? Yeah. And, and, you know what, and you know what the Molly Hemingway and this other guy said on Fox? They said... People aren't buying it. Yeah. People are not buying it. And even in the in the uh, press briefing yesterday, where the stupid press secretary was pushed back by this Peter Ducey from Fox, she, he says, "How come? How can you say everybody's better off, but the American people uh, see that they're not?" And then she went off on this tangent, tangent, and she a total meltdown, which said. Uh, Oh well, when we came into office, everything was was uh, awful, and we've had to dig our our way out. She totally ignored the question because she knows. Well, maybe she maybe she's too stupid to know it's the truth, but but they just can't grasp that the American people are not falling for their BS anymore. Well, because when you go shopping and you try to load up your cart, uh, how many times you've gone to the uh, grocery store and seen somebody start to take stuff out of the cart that they're not going to buy because they find out what their bill is going to be. 
It happens. Well, well, that. But but I'm I'm serious. They, these people think the American people are stupid. Just take for example the the little photo op that Kamala Harris and her dopey husband took over Thanksgiving. They're trying to get rid of gas ranges all over the country. And what does Kamala Harris and her husband take? Oh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. It's a gas range right behind them that they cook their Thanksgiving dinner. On. It's so true. And then and then we've got the <coughs> and then we've got the education sec- secretary who's dumb as a post who decided to to. Uh, quote uh, Ronald Reagan's uh, joke about uh, we're the government, we're here to help you. He thinks that's a positive. He, he, he made a comment yesterday saying, oh, don't you know we're the government, we're here to help you? He totally took Reagan's comment out of context and, yeah. and tried to use it to their benefit. What a bunch of idiots. These people don't know what the blank they're doing. They don't. They just are counting on the American people are stupid and will believe anything they have to say. Well, apparently being in Congress isn't working out so well because there's a a, a ton of resignations. Now 25. Coming. 25 people deciding to re- resign from Congress. And usually these resignations happen after the first of the year. So I have a fairy feeling that we're going to have a flurry of people who just said that uh, Congress is just not functional. I don't want to be part of this anymore. And they're going to... Not you- functional. They're corrupt. Yeah. Holy crap. I mean, all this J6 <coughs> film that's coming out, which showed that everybody was lying about it. Yeah. I'm surprised the whole, the, with the exception of maybe five or six, the entire Congress hasn't resigned. Yeah, it's true. And by the way, I'm so grateful that uh, Speaker Johnson decided to release the J6 information and photos and videos and that type of thing. This is, I think it's going to get some expo- exposure, and uh, it's going to help the American people understand the real truth about what happened. Not if the media has anything to say about it. They're, they're trying to shut it down with every possible uh, means necessary. I mean, the, the media is so complicit in all this corruption, it's, it's pathetic. It, it is tr- it's true. And these poor people in in uh, prison because of January sixth, it's just there is no justice. There's a dual system of justice, and unfortunately, did you know? I, what I read s- somewhere that apparently there have been something in the area of uh, thirty FBI agents who've been assigned to Joe Biden and the corrupt Biden family uh, to do investigations, and their investigations have been shut down and so forth. But so, in other words. Uh, there's no question that Biden is getting a pass when it comes to oh, uh, wait, justice. It's worse than that. Did you know that they don't? Lo- they no longer put uh, air marshals on planes because they've assigned those people who were air marshals to go after people who are still associated with uh, January 6th. Mm. No air marshals on our airplanes. Hmm. They have completely redirected the, that to, to going still, after all this time going after... Um, people who came into the Capitol on January 6th. Or people who are singing hymns in front of Planned Parenthood, or people attending school board beatings <laughs> because of their children's education. It's just unbelievable. You know what? I'm counting on the, the biblical verse, and I can't remember where it's from. I think it's it's um, in both the Old and New Testament where it says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, because I'm waiting. I'm waiting because these people are just evil. Yeah. Linda, we need to take a little break and you stick around? I'm not, I have nowhere else to go. All right. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Mm-hmm. 
you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. <clears throat> they get the politics, they know the policy, and they help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in their office. And you can find out more and by visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. We continue the conversation with Linda Harden, my wife, and also very well-informed in everything that's going on around the world. Linda, again, thank you so much for joining us. You know, I think our friend Art brought brought up something interesting when he was over here yesterday. He says, it, um, about my anxiety and stress and whatever. He says, you've been watching too much news. I'm telling you, it's probably the truth because for the, the amount of news that I watch and and glean to, to be informed, it could drive a, a, a person crazy with all that's out there. Just, just for example, um, off air we were talking about the international uh, scene and this war that's going on in Israel and Gaza and all this stuff, plus the Ukrainian war. Now Chuck Schumer is trying to push through, I don't know how many billion dollars to, to tie hundred billion dollars to tie Israel to Ukraine. <clears throat> do we do you know that that Zelensky has bought two giant yachts for himself with our money while he's killing his own people in this war? And and oh by the way, the United States of America is broke. Mm-hmm. We have not a farthing to give to anybody. Why are we giving money to Israel? Why are we giving money to Ukraine? We can't even afford to, to close our own borders. So, I mean, that rant could last the, the next um, yeah. few minutes of your show. Well, I'm, I, I must say that uh, Schumer, somehow, some way, proposing that we have some sort of a bill where uh, Israel's support is tied to uh, Ukraine is ridiculous. And the fact that you pointed out you know that uh, two yachts he's got, I'm sure they're, they're not 
15 foot yachts they're big big there boats. are pictures of them online and uh, there's no question that uh, all, there's graft and corruption going on with all the billions of dollars that we sent over to ukraine there's no question in my mind that there's been a siphoning a skimming going on and taking money for uh, the benefit of the oligarchs and for uh zelensky I'm sure there's lining the pockets of our elected officials oh by the way and no doubt that's going on as well so you know, on an international note, I mean, it's really pulling for Israel. It's great to hear they're going to have two more days and get 20 more people, hostages released. That's good news. So They're uh, not Americans, though, by the way. No, only one American so far. And uh, What's what's wrong with Joe Biden? What is he is he putting the, the Americans on the bottom of the list well, to, to I, get out? Well, I think what's happening is that the brokers in this deal, the Qatar and, and others... Or K Street. K Street, basically saying, you know what, don't release Americans to... And uh, the, if, if Trump was was president, the Americans would have been home and with their families by now. There's no question about it, uh, Linda. So, well, you know, we can only hope what uh, we'll tell me why. Tell me why we keep funding these other countries. I mean, that was what Trump's biggest one of the, his biggest um, talking points is. Why are we sending to all this money to people who hate us? And and nobody can give me a good answer. Nobody. Why are we funding Israel? Israel has plenty of money. Why are we funding? What did What did Felix say on on um, when we were out for dinner with him um, last week uh, on your birthday um, about Germany and what in dire straits they are? Yeah, I mean they're imploding like crazy. But oh wait, the United States. We can run to the United States. They'll give us money. His comment was basically, uh, you know, there. <laughs> <laughs> the Germans are more stupid than <laughs> than the Americans, and uh, you know there's a lot of evidence to that effect. So. And, and and let's just let's just talk about what we watched. Tucker Carlson's new new um, drop last night, yeah. which we watched. He interviewed Steve Bannon, but he was talking about the the violence in in Ireland. That 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 the um, Irish government is giving into the these. Um, where where were the Afghan? No, no, it wasn't Afghanis. Um, but people who had who had come in and, and pretty much taken over um, the government, the migrants and stuff, who were they were stabbed in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, uh, one hundred fifty thousand migrants, which is kind of the equivalent of nine million people coming into the United States. Uh, and uh, Steve Bannon's point, I think, was a good one. I, I highly recommend uh, you take a look at uh, uh, Tucker Carlson's stuff that's released on X. And his comment was basically, you know, it's it's kind of a microcosm. I'm talking about Steve Bannon now. It's a microcosm of what's happening in the United States right now, and, and people are fed up with it. And there, this this battle is going to go on for a lot of years. This isn't going to be resolved sh- in a short period of time. It's it's a total mess. And and um, if anybody wants to get Tucker Carlson's uh, Posts on X and and you can't find them. You can try. You can go to try and go to TuckerCarlson.com. They're probably posted later. But um, contact us. I'll send them to you. I send them to a bunch of friends who aren't on on Twitter um, or X, X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, but I send them to a lot of people. And his posts are getting huge hits. The one last night is is well over three million people this morning, and it's. And by the way, that was dropped at like five o'clock in the afternoon, right? And already right. three million hits, just amazing. Right, and and it's and there'll be more. I mean, and some of the stuff is being shadow banned too. They're trying to to knock him down, but but Tucker is just out with with stuff. I, his next um, one of his next interviews is going to be Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Congress person from from Georgia. Um, you know what? There's 
I've talked to you before about um, the deep state playing whack-a-mole because there's so, so much being uncovered, not only about... Um, January 6th. January 6th, the nefarious stuff of our military industrial complex that, that is lining the pockets of our elected officials. But what has happened in our elections, the stuff that that's come out in Georgia where... Yeah. I mean, it it is being uncovered and the deep state is playing whack-a-mole. They're, they can't figure out what to cover up quicker. Uh, it's, it's kind of interesting that Raffenber- Raffensperger is finally being called on the carpet for his misdeeds in the 2020 election. And uh, now the evidence is coming out. And wait, he'll go on Fox and say, no, 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 I've been totally above board. By the way, we haven't uh, talk about nefarious activities in, in um, uh, the Republican Party, um, which there are many demons right. uh, in. What about Ronna McDaniel? She's coming under fire big time. Well, she should. Yep. If she's getting all this money and uh, what is she doing with it? She's not winning elections, that's for sure. So, uh, and and, oh, by the way, she says it's not my fault. The proof of the pudding is in the tasting, and the tasting in this case is winning elections. So, uh, she should be out of that job. And it's not whether you like her or don't like her or like what she's done. The fact of the matter is, results she's supposed to get results, she's gotten no results. She should, uh, we need a new broom that sweeps clean. And, and you know, thank goodness, we've said this in a number of times, but thanks, thank goodness to programs like War Room with Steve Bannon. I was so glad to see uh, Tucker highlight uh, um, Steve Bannon last night on his, on his drop. So did Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk uh, was posting stuff from, from Steve Bannon, interviewed Steve Bannon. So was, oh, by the way, uh, Donald Trump Jr. He had him, uh, Steve Bannon, on his show, Triggered, on his podcast, Triggered. So it's getting more and more traction yeah. because Steve Bannon um, speaks the truth. We're the, the American the government is 33, over $33 trillion in debt, and he said he feels by, by um, the, the 28th it's going to be $34 trillion. Gotcha. We are in a death spiral. That's right. And, and Chuck Schumer wants to send more money overseas. People are people are have had enough. Linda, I just really appreciate your commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. All right, well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got some great guests lined up for tomorrow, including Bob Levy, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute, and Professor Andrew Joppa will be joining us as well. I really appreciate your listening to the show, and if you enjoy the show, please pass the word on to your friends and neighbors uh, because that's one of the ways we support our advertisers. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>